Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the Total Education Show, the talk shop for teachers, parents, and administrators. Here's your host of the show, Neil Haley, the Total Tutor. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil A., uh, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus. And I'm excited to welcome the program, star of Duck Dynasty, Sadie Robertson. Sadie, thanks for calling, and how are you? Hey, thank you. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's very, very interesting when I think about things, Sadie, is, wow, what a, what a ride so far in your short life. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, the the experiences you've had on Duck Dynasty and now having th- this platform, it's it must be amazing. Yeah, it has been a crazy, crazy ride these past four years. And you didn't expect when the show first started, did you, that it was going to get this huge, did you? Oh, not at all. We had no idea that this was going to come. Not at all. <laughs> so uh, you have two major things coming up. So I know that, again, when we go, we, your, your book comes out, and then also y- your tour. So let's go, first of all, what made you want to write a book? That's, that's, that's a challenge always to think about, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and put something to paper and, and came up with this. And again, it's uh, the book is called life just got real. So uh, what made you uh, decide you wanted to write? Yeah. So what's funny is whenever my mom came to me about writing a fiction book, I was like, mom, have you lost your mind? Because I was always a kid in school who was like so behind on my reading points and was not very good at reading. And so it was like, that's like a, like what is happening? Well, then she was like, well, you don't have to just completely just make up everything. You know, you can take bits and pieces from your life and make it into a story. Right. And so that's what we did. We you know, got two characters, AJ and Kate Kelly, who are based off of my life. AJ is kind of my life before the dynasty, whenever I was just growing up in Louisiana, living my everyday life. Me and my brother would go outside and try to find new creatures and have new, we build new forts and do all these yeah. kind of crazy things. And then, to my wife now, who is like the life of Kate Kelly, you know, her mom has a prom dress line, and her dad has a reality show, and is a top producer in Nashville. And so, both these girls I can really relate to in certain ways, and not just on their outside appearance and their lifestyle, but really in their hearts and what they're going through in life. And so, that's just kind of how that came about. And I think it was really really good for my for the readers and for my fans as well because you get to know me on a whole nother level and very personal deep level. So I'm excited about it. So when you were putting this down on paper, again, it's fiction, but it's a, it's kind of the two girls are kind of like you in so many ways and what you've had to go through in this four-year ride. So uh, it's kind of like before even writing your uh, biography, which will happen someday for sure, you're like, okay, let me think of some of these characteristics of being thrown to this kind of uh, media frenzy, tabloid frenzy, and all these different things and how, how I reacted and how these characters are going to react. Yeah, so one, there's a part in the book, and it's AJ, so that's like the girl of my life beforehand, before the show, and she gets asked to be on their reality TV show, and it's really interesting, and it's really, it's really, um, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but good for me to look back on, and whenever I was writing this part, I was like, well, you know, I have a writer help me, so when I was explaining her to her, kind right. of what I was going through, she did a beautiful job of writing on the paper, just about how... AJ was so nervous. She was like, I don't think I can do it. I can't do it because I don't want the pressure of everybody looking up to me. I don't want the pressure of people looking at my life and thinking it's perfect because it's not. And I don't want the pressure of the reality TV show because I'm scared. And then the producer says there, she says, you know, you need to be fearless. And for my fans that know me well and follow me, they know that I have a tattoo that says fearless. Okay. And so that is, that's something that I really did go through. I really did go through the fear of, 
scared or not in there. I don't, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't want people to put this pressure on me. Then being like, you know what? I'm going to be fearless because I know that this is going to be good things for one. I know that I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be there for people to relate to, you know, that team that everybody can relate to. And through that, to look at where I am now and look at where I was back then was really, really cool for me to kind of go back to and look at yeah it's it's a look back and and how you're you're put into this change of your life and how to react especially let's talk about i'm sure aj's character having to go to school every day and knowing that she's a star or she's not even considering herself a star but the family's considered a star that's what you had to go through sadie as well just kind of interacting the community in all these different places and how uh your life got turned upside down and how to react to people who just see you as a tell on TV and not who you really are. And, and even though you show you try to be really, but you know how producers work and all that. Yeah. So whenever you see Kate's life with the famous family and stuff, you see that like all these people are trying to drag her down and all these people are trying to like make up stuff about her. And that is kind of what you're talking about. You know, it's, people are seeing you different and they, it's weird because like, you don't feel different, but people see you different because now you have a target on your back. I hear your your family's on TV, and for some reason, that makes people go crazy. And my grandma always says to me, when you're holding the football, you're going to get tackled. And I think, for me, like, that is true. But um, also, you know, you get so many opportunities from it. It's a great ride. And then people start to realize, you know, once you they start to see your character, like, okay, he didn't change. And, you know, I think that that's been really beautiful. But, yeah, you're right. It kind of does go crazy in the community. It does go crazy around the world. It definitely does. And then then, then, then when the point where the, 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 the show gets so big that the tabloids start writing about you and things like that, how to react to that in a positive way. And that's what I guess is, is the segue to your going out and talking to people, right? Sadie, first the book, but also to get the opportunity to speak to people and tell us about this whole speaking tour and how excited you are about this and to show who you are and and what what you and how you're trying to empower other girls and stuff and people in general yeah i am literally so excited about this tour like i mean i've done so many cool things throughout that dynasty because of it and the blessing from it but i think that overall i'm most excited about this tour because i've really put in so much work for it and it's going to be so incredible you know my cousins and i and my brother and you know, some of our greatest friends are going out and really just being there for people, being there for people to relate to, being there for teams to, you know, have a friend and have a group, have a squad, you know. And I think that um, through this whole tour, I think people, I think it's a chain reaction of people starting to really, really want to do good things in the world and realizing not just that they want to, but that they can. And I'm really excited about that. And then the tour again, uh, it, it, you have motivational messages, live music, uh, and it's very interactive. And I think that that's, that's the key point. You're looking at people in, in, at a certain age and trying to really be a uh, role model for them and also to um, empower them, right, to, to, to all the noise that's going on in our world today, especially in the United States, and say, hey, this is who I am, and you could be who you are. Right, Sadie? Yes, that's like the message of liberation. Like it's really telling people, you know, be who you are. Like, I know you look at other people and you wish you were like them, but stop doing that because that's not going to help anybody. And being who you are is such a beautiful thing because then you can do so much with it. And, um, yeah, so people would say that I was a role model. They would say that they're fans. They would say that they look up to me and stuff. And so I wanted, I didn't want it to just end there. I didn't want to just people to be my friend on Instagram and, to follow me, I wanted to have let them have a friend, and so that's why we're going out. We're going out to the different states because we want to meet the people that say all these things on Instagram. We want to meet the people that tweet us. We want to uh, exactly. be able to talk to them and encourage them and love on them, and we're excited about that. And then uh, a couple of your other family members are on the tour with you. Who else will be on the tour with you? Yeah, my brother, John Luke, and his wife, Mary Kate, will be there. My cousin, Reed, and um, Cole, and then Reed's fiance, Brighton, who is also my best friend. So 
we have that little squad, and then we have some of our greatest friends and some people that we actually don't know yet, but we're excited about getting to know on the tour. We have uh, Family Force 5, who is an awesome, crazy band who we haven't got to know as well, but we are excited about them because we have just seen all their work and love what they do. So. All right, so two places, they I mean, two things they need to do. First of all, they need to go pick up the book, June 7th, that comes out, uh, available in all bookstores, all those different things, but probably by going specifically to the website, Sadie, they can purchase the, the, the tour tickets and all that stuff, so where's the best place that we can go for all that? Purchase the book, tour tickets, and then tell us specifically how we can follow you. Yeah, so com. you can get... Um, the tour tickets and then Life Is Not Real will be up there whenever it comes out. And then to follow me, I'm legit Sadie Rob on Instagram, Sadie Rob on Twitter, and Sadie Robertson on Facebook. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be tweeting out this all out when it goes out throughout all of syndication, Sadie. So be ready and uh, be ready, and uh, we'll be thanking you. And we appreciate uh, what you do and how you're taking this success you've had and now going back and giving it back and, and empowering others that they, too, can become bigger than life. So I appreciate you uh, calling the show, and best of luck to you. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Great. So I'm excited to welcome the program, Nate Torrance of Zootopia. Again, uh, we'll go right back to saying quick questions really quickly. Basically, it must have been a whirlwind having this opportunity, right? You said the four-year No, it has been. Yeah, no, it's it's been so cool and so amazing, and uh, especially like just even you know I I actually I have a little girl and uh, who's eight years old, and so um, kind of getting a little street cred with all of her friends and, and being uh, the voice of Clawhauser has been really cool. Oh, that must be awesome. So you know, going through that process, you said four years, so you're able to pitch to different people and different things, saying, "Hey, I'm going to be in." The t-. Were you able to tell people? When you were auditioning? No, yeah, it was pretty much... Yeah, it was under wraps for um, for quite a while. Also, not only just because of, you know, Disney asking us not to talk about it, but um, just because the, the... the actual story and plot really took a lot of changes. Um, um, uh, three years into it, they did a huge overhaul on the script. And they actually, it was such a big thing that they actually did a small documentary on um, on the process that's on the, the Blu-ray that's being released. Um, and just how my character was one of the few that actually, there were several characters that ended up being, you know, taken out of the story. And then mine was actually taken from Nick's side, who was the foxes i was his best friend and they put me on judy's side and i became judy's friend um in the police department so all of that to say you kind of never knew if if you were still going to have the job so i became pretty tight-lipped until i saw the, the finished product because you never knew you never knew what was yeah. going to happen right so, so finish, it was up until the honestly the cast screening of the movie i didn't know like how many scenes i was in like i'm like okay now i'm officially i know i'm in it because they invited me <laughs> but, but I didn't know. And then um, what was really awesome is then to slowly then, you know, start seeing action figures and plush toys and all of this merchandise um, come out of my character. Um, wow, what a trip. Oh, I, absolutely. And then when that happens, you're like, wow, what, 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 how's my life going to change now from this, Nate? And then I guess it didn't, it didn't, it helped you right when it did now for auditions. So, hey, I, I'm Nate Torrance of Zootopia. Uh, you see me as this character. So tell us the character really quick again. June 7th is the release of Zootopia on Blu-ray. Uh, but tell us specifically a little bit about your character. Yeah, yeah. So I play um, Officer Benjamin Clawhauser. And the um, the film starts off with this little bunny named Judy Hopps, whose dream in life has uh, been to become a police officer in the big city of Zootopia. And so um, she moves to Zootopia and realizes that a lot of people kind of actually don't um, like bunnies that much because they're not, 
you know, they're too small to be police officers, and all of the other police officers are predators. And uh, I'm one of the few people that kind of um, take her side and, and, and try to help her out. And in the midst of that, then you um, begin this huge journey on this crazy crime caper that the movie then takes a really big twist toward. Um, yeah, and then it has all these great morals to it um, that, that I think kids and parents really have, have, have enjoyed. And I think that's why it's had the global success that it has. Is, uh, it's really poignant. It's got a good message. It definitely has a good message, and people are so excited. And I'm sure now people that already have seen it in the theater or people that have not, they cannot wait for the release on June 7th, right? I'm sure you're hearing a lot yeah, of uh, exactly. people, that, people talking about that in chat saying, I cannot wait to this, uh, wait to the release of this for sure. And I'm sure you're talking about your 8-year-old's excited too, right? For sure. Then yeah. Hey, yeah. Friends. Did you see it? You're, Let's watch it a couple more times with my dad, right? Exactly. Everyone gets to now experience it on their own televisions. It's so colorful. I'm excited. It's funny. All these home theaters. You gotta gotta love it when a when a good Blu-ray comes out. Right. I saw the I saw the uh, trailer to this when I was uh, going to see Star Wars. So that oh, exactly. That, yeah. That so that's where you got your start. And like, holy cow, this is where the big push started. Let's just let's launch it and put it in the trailers with Star Wars. Isn't that funny? I, it's so cool yeah. that you brought that up because I totally remember. Because I, I honestly didn't know. Um, we were um, we 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 went to you know like one of the for or me and my son went to a, a crazy late night screening of Star Wars, and that was like the icing on the cake that they showed Zootopia. <laughs> that was awesome. So you so you had no idea, and you're like, oh my gosh, and you're like, your mouth dropped like. Yeah. Well, what's really funny is I was, the honest truth is I was on a Disney cruise when that happened. And on the on their cruise ships, they're allowed to show um, the movies that they have in release earlier. So it was this late night, midnight, whatever, where in the middle, and I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I'm in the middle of the ocean. I hadn't been taking calls or anything. And, uh, yeah, I'm like, that's crazy. Zootopia's on here. And then I thought it was just for the cruise because I was there. And uh, lo and behold, it actually was everywhere. So really cool story to come home to. <laughs> so do you hope the projects, Nate, that come through, do you hope that now this opportunity doing this voice that leads to more stuff, who knows if there's going to be a second Zootopia, but meaning opportunities for you, you're like, wow, the, the world's your ocean, right? Now, oyster, now you're going <laughs> after it, right? There we go, yeah. I mean, especially on the animated side. I've been lucky enough to be working in the film and television side for a while, and although those worlds don't um, connect too much as far as even with casting, I will say with the animated, it's been an amazing ride to feel like there's just a, a little notch or, uh, on the ladder that you get to come up onto where you're getting a lot more calls specifically for, for the next animated TV shows and, and even more films. But, um, but yeah, but... Well, you know, honestly, uh, if Clawhauser was the only thing that came out of it, that's probably the coolest thing in the world, to have an action figure and a stuffed animal. Uh, I, I, I would say my work is done. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> well, you never know what's next for sure, Nate. Best place, first of all, people to pick up the Blu-ray starting tomorrow. Uh, best place to find information on you as well, Nate. Where can we go? Yeah, you know, actually, I'm pretty rogue on social media, but um, you can always uh, catch me on, I'm actually working on a, a new television show that's uh, possibly going to be out in the um, late fall, early winter, and um, and then you can catch me on Star vs. the Force of Evil on Disney XD. All right, well, Nate, thanks for calling. Uh, best of luck to you, and I appreciate you taking the time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. All right, take care. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Total Celebrity Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor, and I want to make sure that we have our guests on the line. Jonathan, are you on the line? So I'm excited to welcome the program from Food Network's Cake Wars. Jonathan Benefit. Jonathan, thanks for calling, and how are you? I'm great, dude. How are you? I've been eating a lot of cake this morning. I'm already, like, just amped up on sugar, ready to go. <laughs> I know you're amped up on sugar, and I can't believe it's season three. It just goes so fast, and you have so many cool things going on with the Food Network, and uh, another exciting season's about to start. I know. It's crazy. I mean, 
We, the, season three, we, we had, our first two seasons were unbelievable on Cake Wars. They were so much fun. We had so many great themes, and the bakers were just unbelievable. And this season is season three, airing Monday at nine o'clock. The premiere is Captain America. So that's that's where we're wow. starting. Season like season three is going to start episode one at Captain America, and it's only going to get bigger from there. We got SpongeBob, we got Charlie Brown All Stars. The themes go on and on, and they get crazier and crazier, and just such epic, epic themes that the kids are going to love. Yeah, I remember when we we talked about Dr. Seuss the last time you were on the show. You talked about how it's it's it, you're so amazed by the talent of these people and what they're it's able crazy. to design. You're blown, absolutely you're like I've never seen I, I've never seen anything like it, and now our themes are becoming so epic. So when you take like bakers that are out of this world that can bake huge, amazing cakes that look like works of art. I mean, you don't want to cut into them. And then you give them a theme right. like Captain America or SpongeBob, and they have to make SpongeBob cakes. Like, it's crazy. And, like, the little kids that come and visit set and get to watch are literally, like, you can see them in the corner just literally. I mean, they're almost shaking. They're so excited because they're like, SpongeBob is a cake and I can eat him. That's in They're like, I just want to eat it. Like, they just get so excited because their favorite characters every Monday night at 9 o'clock are coming to life in food form. And that's, that's and the sugar. cool thing about it. And just it. add sugar to everything, and they love it, yeah. Definitely. That, see, that's the cool thing about this whole show is that that you uh, all these awesome themes, and then if you can watch and pay attention, you might be able to make that cake yourself for your son or daughter's birthday, right? Exactly. You know how, well, how we have a lot of yeah. we have there are a lot of cake wars parties and cake wars birthday parties that happen across the country. Every week, we get thousands and thousands of emails and photos sent in um, from people around the country. That are like, hey, you know, I just saw, you know, whatever, the Captain America episode, and my, my son's birthday was Captain America, so I tried to recreate the cake from watching the show, and they'll send in their version of it. And usually they're not as great, but they're all still great because they're, they're you know, they're, they're made for their kid's party or something, and they're just, you know, they had fun making it, they made it with their kid, they got to try to recreate what they did on the show, and, you know, then they have a birthday party and they use the cake, and it's just awesome, and kids freak out for this. I mean, I've been acting a long time and I've done a bunch of projects yeah. and I've never gone through a mall or an airport and had little, like kids and families come up to me more than from Cake Wars and just be like, we love Cake Wars. It's our favorite show. We watch it every Monday. It's our family's favorite show. I'm like, it just, it was crazy. I'm like this, like of all the things, all of a sudden now kids are just flipping out for Cake Wars. It's, it's great. Well, it's, it's, it definitely seems great for you, Jonathan, and I'm, I'm excited. And I think that the thing is that kids are freaking out. So that's the great thing, you know, how mom keeps Food Network on 24 hours a day in some homes. Exactly. Now kids, now, now kids are watching this instead of some of the other stuff on television, and they're learning while watching the show. So you might yep, have potential and getting, bakers. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and they're getting inspired. And also it's like friendly competition. Because our show's so nice, and, like, like even though they're the, – I mean, on our show, the flower does fly. That's for sure. Like, you know, it gets intense battles. But at the end of the day, all these bakers all respect each other and like each other because they're all such artists. And the kids learn about, like, competition and, like, healthy, friendly competition and, like, doing your best. And, like, you know, like a lot of shows, there's a lot of, like, things out there where now every kid gets a trophy if they sign up. You know, this one, we get, if one person wins, and so they're, they're learning about, like, healthy competition and why this person won and what the other person could do better next time to, you know, maybe maybe win, maybe win next time, you know? So it's, it's really healthy. And, and definitely, uh, absolutely, and it's healthy competition, but it, yet it's showing kids that there is a winner and a loser in this, and that's a good thing, and then <laughs> their favorite characters. So you have weeks that I'm sure – that people are so excited about because that's their favorite character or the parents are excited because that's, that's their favorite theme, right? Exactly. Exactly. And the themes go on and on. I mean, like I said, we have SpongeBob, Captain America and Charlie Brown all-star to start off the season, which is such a great summer show. It's Charlie Brown baseball and you know, them playing baseball, which is just classic American summer. And that'll air um, in the beginning of July, so right around the 4th of July, you'll have Charlie Brown, baseball, 4th of July, 
America. Like, how much more America? What, what better show do you want for, 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 for 4th of July weekend, you know? And to have good programming in the summer when most things are repeats, you got to tune in. That's all. I know, you know and Monday that's the night. part about Cake Wars. Yeah. Every Monday night for the next 13 night, 13 weeks, every Monday night there will be a new show on, 9 o'clock on the Food Network. And you can actually catch up usually watching it. Uh, usually they air an episode before it, too, for like a repeat. So you can catch up and then watch a new one. And, I mean, I, that's the perfect time. Kids want to watch it around 9 o'clock at night, right before bed. They watch the cake. It's beautiful. They get to see SpongeBob. And then, of course, they tune in and they see me dressed up either as Captain America or as SpongeBob, which is hysterical because every time I come into work, I see what the theme is for the day, and my producers are like, all right, it's Captain America. I'm like, I'm going to have to dress up like <laughs> Captain America today, aren't I? They're like, absolutely, go get in costume. I'm like, awesome. Or like, I'll walk in, I'm like, I'm going to have to be SpongeBob, aren't I? They're like, yep, we have the costume in your dressing room, go put it on. I'm like, awesome. So it's a fun time for me at work, too, because I get to just dress up as all my favorite characters and just make a complete fool out of myself, because I'm definitely like one step below a circus clown, one step above <laughs> a circus monkey, like right in the middle there. So if the kids aren't entertained by the bakers and the cake enough, then you have like the vaudeville act that comes on. It's like, like just comes on just as an idiot, but it's so much fun. It's the perfect gig. You'll, you'll always have this gig because it's so popular and, you can live through this in so many ways. And at one point, you told me last time, you're starting to learn how to bake a bit. We're waiting for that creation, Jonathan. So I'm telling you, I'm uh, just dude, saying. By you, season, I, I promise you by season 512, I will make you a cake. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I, I, don't uh, think I, can, I, mean, I don't think I'm quite there yet. I did learn that you want to add your butter in at room temperature for a fluffy cake. Okay. And here's another fun fact. You want to sift your dry ingredients to make the cake fluffier. Never knew that. Those are what I learned this season. Game changers, well, guys. That's, that's, my, that's Jonathan Bennett's non-baking tips. Tips is <laughs> sift your dry ingredients and room temperature butter. And to follow you, Jonathan, best place to follow you and find info on you, where can we go? Oh, easy. Twitter, Jonathan Bennett. Instagram, Jonathan D. Bennett. David. You'll find it. Yeah, we'll find you everywhere. So take care. Uh, Again, 9 p.m. Eastern, Monday night. Take care, Jonathan. Every Monday. Thank you. See ya. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. All right. Hi, everyone. And I guess I'm going to figure out which uh, uh, phone line our guest is on the line. Again, this is the Total Celebrity Show. First one, welcome to the program. My co-host, Rico Rakowski. Rico, how are you, man? And I know you're excited yeah, about yeah, the guest. <laughs> yeah, just, me too. Just for, our, just for our, the people all calling in, my co-host Rico is just so into Chris's book. He was so <laughs> excited to interview him. And maybe just one thing about what you thought of the book before we get Chris on the line, Rico. Like, what did you think, basically, that blew you away about it? Well, you know what? I, uh, what has blown me away about it is that it's it's all about seizing the moment. It's all about being a trailblazer. It's all about being what he calls an original voice. You know, not a copycat, and just uh, you know, and and sticking with it. You know, this Pennsylvania work ethic we have. You know, and and uh, and it's written in such a a great story and the content's really fresh and vibrant. It's almost like a whole new way of looking at you know, making positive choices. I really, really, uh, I like how high vibe it is. Welcome to the Total Celebrity <laughs> Show. You can check me out on Twitter, at Total Tutor, Neil S. Haley, Facebook, LinkedIn, Neil Haley, Instagram, Total Tutor, Pinterest, Neil Haley, Google Plus, and also on Periscope, at Total Tutor. And I'm excited to welcome the program. First, my co-host, Rico Rakowski. Rico, how are you, man? And I know we have an amazing <laughs> guest today. Absolutely, Neil. High vibes to you. And, uh, you know, it's truly an honor and privilege to have with us today a global pioneer, global pioneer, in the genre of unscripted programming, the man who changed television forever by blazing the trail as one of the leading creators and producer of reality television gig had with his breakout hits like The Surreal Life, The Flavor of Love, Rock of Love. And he's co-founder of 51 Minds Entertainment and current co-chairman and CEO of End of All Shine North America and author of a book that I absolutely love, 
such a high vibe book that just newly released, Make It Reality. Chris Abrego. Chris, welcome to the show. Guys, thank you so much for having me. You guys are too kind. I usually get blamed for putting Flavor Flav and Brett Michaels back on television. Congrats on all your successes. And, and Chris, I have to say, I love your book. I mean, the title's a grand slam home run. It's a, it's a great story, great content. It's fresh and it's vibrant. And, of course, this show's all about positive choice. So, you know, I haven't even sent the book to friends. And for those people who are listening in our listening audience right now, I just want to give you a heads up. I'm not exaggerating when I say Chris's book, Make It Real, it's a gold mine of entrepreneurial and inspirational ideas. You know, everything from seize the moment to be a trailblazer to be an original voice and not a copycat. So, you know, so Chris, with this gold mine of inspirational ideas that you have in, the, in your book, I noticed in the acknowledgement section there was kind of a humorous statement about Ray Garcia, your publisher, where you said, thank you, Ray, for tricking me into thinking this could be easy. So there's got to be a story behind that because uh, you have so much to well, offer within the book. Could you share that thought? Yeah, no, you know, well, so in terms of putting the book together, you know, obviously I, I've been in television for for a while now, and, and it's, you know, there's, it's, it's definitely a labor of love when you yeah. go out and tell a story and it's a lot of work. But I obviously I'd not written a book before. I didn't realize, you know, really how how much work and and how much uh, you you have to just dive deep into yourself to tell a story. You know, I've always been a storyteller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think it's a different yeah. you know platform in doing it in a book because you're different with visuals and you and for that we get to provide for you in television and that media platform. In a book, you have to yeah, create yeah. this this visual story and tell the story so it's compelling. And so it became a lot of work and and. and not that Ray, so I was just joking with Ray, and he was like, you got to tell your story, you got to tell your story. I didn't realize how much work it was going to be. And so, but I'm, I'm very proud of it, and I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it, and, you're, and I'm appreciative of it, so thank you. Oh, yeah, no, I'm no, sitting Chris, around the friends. Yeah, go ahead, Neil. No, he's, he truly is, Chris. Now, Chris, when you talk about it's, it's, it's a very big challenge and it's very difficult compared to what you do involving reality television. How is it challenging, the amount of time to finally put it down on paper and the detail that you have to put into things compared to what you do in it's reality exactly, television? Yeah, well, it's exactly that. As you guys know, obviously it's not my, you know, my, my I have a day job, as you guys know, and so that becomes finding the time to, yeah, to actually true. do it. And I, I wanted to take, it was very personal too, and, and I thought that it was a very, you know, I wanted to do it right. And so I wanted to commit, you know, the appropriate amount of time on it. Now, I, the other thing I had a joke, I said I wish I could have, should have acknowledged uh, American Airlines for it because on all my travels, <laughs> when I really spent a lot of time working on that, on all those late-night flights, and I would just, I'd be the only one awake on that plane, and even the flight attendants, when I would get off, they'd be like, hey, uh, good luck with that book, because they would see me working <laughs> on it all the time. And, um, and, and and just was, you know, it was just a really an immense amount of work and getting it right. Because different also, too, with television, you know, you get this opportunity to edit it and you look at it and get other people's opinions on it. With a book, you get one shot. You put that story out and it gets printed and it's out there. That's it. And, and yeah. you know, and this is a business where it is the same like television. It's a very, you know, nerve-wracking thing to do to put a story out there, especially when it's about you. But even like when mm -hmm. I, you know, I take every TV project that I make very personal and you put out all this hard work, you put out this piece of art, you put out this project, and then you just put it out to be judged, and it's a very scary thing. Well, I like, I, I really, you hit the nail on the head there uh, at, with the phrase very personal, uh, because, you know, your whole story um, is just the details, and it's woven together so well, and it is very personal. You know, Neil, Neil and I, you grew up outside of L.A. in El Monte, California, and, and Neil and I grew up Correct. outside Pittsburgh in the coal and steel towns, and uh, yet, in yep. spite of growing up, you know, in different settings and different cultures, over 2,000 miles away, you know, a cool thing I think that's in this book is that, in spite of all that, we share this sort of classic, universal work ethic. In, in Western Pennsylvania, the phrase is it's, it's Pennsylvania work ethic, and you know, it's worked for Joe Montana, it worked for Dan Marino, Joe Namath, Tony Dorsett, absolutely, it worked for Brett Michaels, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, he's a big balance. You know that. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, I love the term you use in Chapter 3 about seize the moment. So talk about work ethic in there. And coast to coast, it's a little, you know, different backgrounds. Could you share with our, our, our listeners that sense of seize the moment, please? 
I think it's a great phrase. Yeah, no, you 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 actually hit it right on that, and I think it's you know you couldn't say it better. Nothing can replace a good work ethic, you know. And you know, last night I actually I run the scholarship program out of my high school, and I was there last night, and I had this yeah. this young lady who who's on her way to a, a you know a big university, UCLA, here, and I asked. She has nobody in her family. She doesn't even know anyone who went to college, and I asked her. I said, mm-hmm. Hey, do you? Are you afraid? Are you nervous about being able to to accomplish and get the and, and get a degree? Because you don't know anything about college. And she said, "You know what? I'm not." Because both her parents are incredibly hard workers, and she was my parents taught me how to work hard. And and, and I said, I looked yeah. at her and said, "Man, you're right." But with that attitude, as you say, work ethic goes a long ways. You know, I've always mm-hmm. known that sometimes if you outwork, out hustle someone, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can win. Right. Yeah. Right on. That's a great point, Chris. That's a great point, Chris. When you talk about, did you get that from your family? That work ethic. How did that I, was that I, brought down? Absolutely. Or, well, you know what? Yeah. I think much, very much so. And I think like you guys, and it, you know, I know Pittsburgh well, and I know that those kind of towns. It's like, listen, we didn't have a choice but to, to work for the things we wanted, uh, and mm-hmm. and that's something that we have to continue to 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 teach. And I and I, you know, even with my own kids, it's something that. Whatever they try to decide to do, I feel like it's my responsibility to at least teach them how to have a work ethic, uh, and it's just challenging in this in this in this you know tech work driven world today, where every app is is one way more how you don't have to create it you don't have to leave your house or, or think of doing something, um, but it's a work ethic yeah that I did develop from my parents and growing up in a, in a, you know in a neighborhood where you had to work for the things you wanted. You know, along those lines, sticking with this theme of work ethic, you know, every chapter is, is kind of like this gold mine of, of practical ideas and inspirational ideas and, um, you know, about bringing reality, so to speak, you know, to life. And at the end of the book, you've included an appendix for your readers to help guide them to success, you know, using a four-phase process. And that's a great addition to the book. So it's kind of a, a two-part question. Um, obviously, you want to, you know, you wanted to be able to share some tips that would help people to you know, to um, give them that springboard for work, you know, to continue with their work ethic. But at the same time, how did you decide to include something like that into the appendix? I think it's a great addition where you give these people this plan to follow, this four-phase plan. Well, I'm glad, again, I appreciate you saying that because I went back and forth on that, to be honest with you, because the the book, as you know, is interwoven with kind of stories and and mm-hmm. little tidbits of, of, of how to be entrepreneurial and, and success. But I like I said, and I say this to everyone, I, that, that's my story. And my story, all the while, is not overly unique with some other people's. There are pieces in there that are unique. And I hope that people would take from it and either learn from it, use my playbook or not use my playbook, create their own playbook. And really, it, it's, it's the, all the thing comes to the fact of, like, overcoming obstacles and so forth. In the end, we decided because it is a, a kind of a, a how-to book, in a sense, hidden through these stories, these personal stories, we thought it would be a good idea, and this is something with Ray, you know, the publisher, that we thought would be a good idea to summarize it at the end and put a little workbook, if you will, at the end to kind of, if, if, if anybody wanted to kind of just get a summary of what the, the big points were. And that's how we included that. No, I, just, I love it. I think, it's, I think it's a great addition. See, that, that's interesting. What you talk about, Chris, is you're really trying to teach people that you too can become an entrepreneur and you might have different ideas or a different idea, but if you can make it reality, it'll it, happen. Lots of people have that fear, right? That fear to try. It, it really, it really, honestly, I couldn't, you, it is the, the, when I go around schools, talk with schools, talk with kids, talk with people, even adults, it, that is literally the most important thing that people say, you know what, I want to do X, but as soon as I get X, Y, and Z, I'm going to start my path on that dream. Or on that goal, forget about it. You're never going to start. You have to start, and, yeah. and you have to start. You and that's the thing. I didn't wait for anybody. And the truth is, I didn't even have a, a roadmap, and I didn't have uh, a thing. And that's how this actually book kind of got started with Ray and I talking because he was doing a lot of these other books with people I was working with, and I was telling him about how when I would apply for these jobs in television, that they would look at me and say, "Well, you've never done it before. You weren't a producer before, so I can't hire you." And I was confused. I was like, well, shoot, I'm, I'm, I want this producer job so I can become one. How am I going to get a producer job if I've never done it? And it, it, like, it would, I literally would leave confused. Yeah. Like I was feeling like an idiot. Like they're like, no, nah, you've never done that job before, so we can't hire you for it. 
And so mm-hmm. I, I had to create my own shows to give myself the producer credit to produce them in order to get that credit. And I, I had to go out and do it myself. And I think that's what – this, this is a great time in this country. Obviously, this is an amazing country and an amazing op- where you get the most opportunity to do those kind of things. So there really are no excuses to just start. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, I'm listening to your story, and I mean, and, and I remember reading in the book, you you, you put some emphasis on um, the job of getting a job, which is kind of, which is what yeah, I think you're exactly. kind of describing there. You know, okay, here's the job exactly of getting right. a job, exactly right. and and how hard you worked right after college, even though you did have all this editing experience, at um, yeah. in school. Um, you, Correct. And, and then, but 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 if you could share with people an, an inspirational part of of at that. Uh, KMIR TV in Palm Springs, where you showed up. Oh. You just showed up. Where you just showed up, and they ended up meeting you that day. I mean, it was pretty cool Correct. because you create your own. You create your own opportunities. So, you know what I'm talking exactly about. Right. That moment where they, they were sort yeah, of yeah. No, it was it, yeah. I was very fortunate to to I, I, I Palm Springs is about two hours outside of Los Angeles, um, yeah. and they had a part time job opportunity there, and so I decided to to I said. Opposed to just faxing at the time, you know, how long ago it was, faxing my resume over. I said, how about if I drive you, uh, if I drive over there and bring you my resume, will you give me five minutes FaceTime? And the news director said, sure. And so I just got in my car and I drove over there. Um, and she gave me the five minutes, but then, of course, it became 20 minutes because I got in there and I started quickly giving her my spiel and, and what I could do and what experience I had. And lo and behold, it worked out that that day the uh, someone didn't show up for work. Uh, the sports anchor didn't. The weatherman allowed me. The weatherman covered for the sports guy, and he allowed me to cut edit the highlights for him that day. Uh, and uh, I, I and then I got to sit in the lobby and watch the newscast go over the airwaves. And once I saw what I had edited go over the airwaves, and the idea that that had gone into people's homes, man, it gave me yeah. such a chill that I, I knew I knew I was in the right place. And I was hooked. <laughs> And you got the job then, right? They, they come back tomorrow. Yeah, and then, I got, then I got, and then they told me to drive back the next day. So I had to commute two hours of work each way for the next two months. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. So I found a place to live, but yeah. So, so, Chris, you put yourself out there. And that's a hard thing. I mean, to, to know that maybe you're going to get rejected. That's the other thing about creating your – making it your reality. Go make it a reality and do it. That – there's a fear, we talked about the sense of fear, but because people don't want to hear no, they're afraid that you say, sorry, Correct. sorry, this is not the, how did you decide I'm just going to do this, especially at a younger age and now with your success and everything, I'm sure you're pitching to even higher level people and saying, I have this, these aspirations of even higher success than I already have had in the television and film career. But what about then, then just saying, I'm going to go do this. And what if they say no? Where did you get that from? It, no, you know what? It, and I, it's it's an interesting thing, and it, it's a little bit of two things. One, uh, it's a little bit of like you guys mentioned earlier, where kind of where I grew up. We grew up in an, in an area where, you know, we had to take risk. We had to, we had to deal with yeah. kind of real situations every day that that helped us be a little less fearful. But I want to be clear with everyone though, because I love you know you guys remember that that no fear shirts when they were around, and everyone says no fear, no fear. I mean that that's not. That's not true at all for me at all, and I and I say this all the time. I have a ton of fear. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. fearful every day. I'm fearful when, the, when I pitch, when I go to pitch meetings, when I'm in big meetings. It's so it's not that I don't have fear. It's it's the ability to overcome it and to not let it stop you. Because and it's okay to have fear, right? And so that that's just our natural instinct. And it, I still have, you know, even before getting on doing this interview, I get anxiety, I get nervous, and I have fear, but I get on and, and I have to you focus on overcoming it. And I think it comes from, for me specifically, in, in this particular thing, in, you know, job-wise, how bad I really want it. You know, I, and, and, I, and I, talk, I tell people all the time, like, if you go to bed thinking about something you want and you wake up thinking about it, you, you're on the right path. That's the thing to pursue. If you go to bed thinking yeah. about something in the morning you're not thinking about it, it's the wrong dream. It, so, you know, that, so that that wanting that helps me overcome the fear. You know, and 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 tied to that too is, um, you know, you talked about the fear. So does, um, it's a common phrase in your in your industry, which is the term pitch. But when you look at it, everybody's always pitching something in life. And that's one of the things that I Absolutely. kind of thought, thought was was fascinating going throughout the book was reading all these different pitches that, you know, you know. MC Hammer, 
you know, just, I mean, the stories are just amazing in terms of uh, you're walking in and just and, and pitching. So you're saying you had a you had you had a lot of nervousness and still do at times pitching these kind of shows and, and perspectives. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you have to go in there. Imagine having an idea that you think is a great idea and having to go into a room with people who can make or break your future in terms of right. whether they buy it or not and give you yeah. a certain amount of money. In some cases, you're asking them to commit anywhere from $5 million to $20 million of their business's money on an idea that wow. you have that think is going to be great. So you have to walk wow. in there. And, then, and think about this. And before you walked in there, five other people did the exact same thing. And behind you, five more yeah. people will do the same thing <laughs> every day. Wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the stakes are high, and you have to go in there and, and uh, be ready. You have a pitch coach. You gotta be a pitch. Have a book yeah, come out on your sure. Pitching. That's absolutely right. That's yeah, absolutely right. Now, Chris, I want to I want to piggyback on that part of the story. That when you were an unknown and you pitched the first, you worked for people, then you decided to go on your own. Correct. And you started pitching Correct. your ideas. How many people you think pitched pitched to that same network that same time that they finally said yes? Meaning, out of how many producers oh. came out with an idea? and try to go to the different stations for them to say yes. Well, you know, it's funny you ask because I have a friend of mine, I became really good friends with the executive at that network when I was around that time, and he, put, he actually gave me some numbers once. He put it to me this way, you know, that the, the average network took in about almost uh, 15,000 pitches a year. 15,000 ideas oh, wow. would come to them. Out of those 15,000 ideas, they would they would move on about a hundred of them, meaning they would some sort of engagement and some sort of uh, development deal, so so of some sort. Mm-hmm. And this is all unscripted, and for one network of that hundred right. that they would put some money towards, they would actually pilot about uh, next step about ten of those, and out of those ten, they would buy two of them. Wow. <laughs> but that well well part of part of the pitch's title, and so I find in life that it's interesting how things get created. For example. You know, the NFL phrase, Hail Mary Pass, you know, the against all odds pass, the desperation yeah, pass originated originated in 1975 in the Cowboys-Vikings playoff game with uh, legendary Dallas quarterback Roger Staubach when he just threw it the last second, a 50-yard pass to Drew Pearson in the end zone to beat the Vikings. And, you know, in an interview after the game, Staubach said, I just launched the ball in the air instead of Hail Mary. And the phrase stuck, you know. <laughs> so that's, how, so that's, that's awesome. how we got the Hail Mary. That's how we got the Hail Mary Pass. So, with that idea in mind, Chris, if if I name a few of your reality shows, could you give us a, a soundbite on how that name was created? You know, like at a restaurant or in the shower or something like that. Uh, are I think you ready? I might be able to. Okay, are you ready? Okay. Uh, yeah, go for your it. First, the, the, the surreal life. How that title? Yeah, well, that, honestly, the obviously we were taking a page out of uh, the you know. One word that kept coming up every time we were developing that project, the, yeah. literally anybody you talked to about the idea, we would say, hey, what do you think if we put Gary Coleman, Mr. T, uh, uh, Corey <laughs> Feldman in a house? And they, they're like, that would just, if, you, if I even saw that, it would be surreal. It, just, it was a word that just kept coming up, like how surreal. Like it wouldn't even look uh-huh. real. And, and uh-huh. so um, the, uh, that, that's, and we kind of so we ran with it. And we're like, this is like, we ran with it's real life. And, that, and that's really how that came out. How about New York goes to Hollywood? New York goes to Hollywood is pretty straightforward. We we really, you know, she broke out with such massive fame on the shows, yeah. and then we and then she wanted to pursue uh, an acting job, and so we kind of that was pretty straightforward. Where where did Flavor of Love come? I love I love I love that play. <laughs> Flavor of Love. <laughs> Man, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, the original title. I, I don't even think I can say. <laughs> but <laughs> that we definitely uh, don't know. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, it was it was pretty hysterical, and I, and, and um, the idea came when Flav was sitting in my office. Yeah. And if people don't if people remember right before that he was we had a show with him called Strange Love with him and and, and uh, Bridget Nielsen, yeah. and that yeah. I used to get the question all the time if that was a real relationship, and it, and it really was. And she wow. broke up with him. He was so heartbroken. And he's in my office, and uh, <laughs> and and he was like so down. I said, "Flav, there's come on, man. There's plenty of fish in the sea. You're gonna you're gonna meet someone else. And of course you are." And I said, "I go. In fact, we should, in fact, I said, Flav, we should we should make a show about that." Uh, and uh, uh, and he's 
and I said, uh, we could do it. So we could get with your girls and get on a show, and you could. He goes, and he said, come on, Chris, you know they're never going to pick me. And I said, no, 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 no. You you would do the picking. We bring the girls on the show, and you would do the picking. And he was, and he played. He goes, he goes, word. And, and I said, he goes, man. So Flav, Flav, Flav gets to be pick his love. And I'm like, yeah. It would be the your flavor. It would be the girl you like the best. Would be the one you would be your flavor. And that literally, if we looked at each other, it was like flavor of love. Flavor of love. All right, I'm a bridal party. That's it. Oh my God! That was that was a crazy time. Uh, yeah, rhinoplasty obviously is a play, a, a, a word play on 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 rhinoplasty. It was a bride show. That show was pretty unique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. no I want to talk about. You know, I want to jump over one question, Rico, about Big no, Brother. No, no. So, 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 tell us about you know your your involvement with Big Brother because I think again. This one was so different compared to other reality shows in a way because of the competition level, being in the same house for such a long period of time where you're kind of sequestered from everybody. It had a difference, and it had had relationships to so many different reality shows, yet being sequestered and not being able to communicate with people was so interesting. It, It is honestly generally one of the most incredible formats on television. And I don't just say that because we produce it, but it just, it's 20 years. I didn't create it, so I don't take any credit for it, but I, I am in all of it, and I'm very fortunate mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And as mm-hmm. you said, everything you just said about it is what makes it very unique and hard to replicate. If you can believe it, the, in the format is 20 years old. Uh, wow. And it's, 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 it's in, you know, 40 territories around the world. It's being made, just last year, we made it ourselves. We made it uh, obviously for here for CBS, for the U.S. We made it for Telemundo uh, in the U.S. in Spanish. We made it for Mexico for Televisa, and we made it in Canada. So we made four different big brothers just within our company, there's, and there's big brothers around yeah. the world. It is a very incredible format, and I should say that the U.S. is obviously probably the most successful. And Allison Grodner and Rich Meehan, who are the producers on it, they, they're just incredibly talented executive producers on that. And it, it really has a secret sauce to it in, in which that containment, as you say, they get cut off from the outside world. I mean, even to the point where, like, their food is, when it's delivered, they don't see another human, really, until they get expelled from the house. And, they, you know, it's obviously casting, too. Those guys are phenomenal at casting the, the show. And uh, it just, uh, it's just it's coming back in, in, in uh, a week and a half. It's going to launch again. It's always a big hit for the summer. We're inc- I'm incredibly proud to be affiliated with it. Yeah, and it's one of our flagship brands. Well, well, well even tied to that, you know, um, could you give us a global perspective on, on reality TV? I mean, obviously different cultures, they have, they have different senses of humor, different interests. And so, you know, cre- creating something like what you have here is quite universal. And yet, you know, are there some shows in like Japan or Ireland or China or Indonesia where reality TV uh, thrives but in a different, you know, with a different sense of humor, with a different cultural spin? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, that's really been the beauty of, of our company, you know, Animal Shine. So, you know, I, I always lose count, but I know we're something like over 90 companies in, in over 40-some territories around the world. You know, obviously we're in the biggest markets in the world from, from the U.K. To, to Italy to Spain, you know, France. And for reality TV, it's been really one that has been adapted, it's, especially for us. It's the business we're in. We're, in, we're really in formats, we call them, that will travel globally. And so the idea is, like, Big Brother, for example, was created in Holland 20 years ago, and it's what built this company, but also, obviously, like, Master Chef, you know, which was created in Australia and then brought here, and then now it's around, around the world, too. And yeah. Gordon Ramsay only does the U.S., so everybody finds their own Gordon Ramsay, if you will, whatever might yeah. make sense for them. Um, and so mm-hmm. we're, it's, it, it's really left up to every uh, CEO of that territory. So, the, 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 like, for example... The uh, the CEO of Endemol Shine France, they'll get the format, and it'll be up to them to really tailor it and make it more sure. bespoke for their territory. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's the, that's for the beauty of, the, of 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 our company. We've been we've had a lot of success in doing that. I'm on set right now, actually, for a big new CBS show called Hunted. We're very excited mm-hmm. about that starting. That was created mm-hmm. and, and started in the UK. Um, and if you 
it's about people who go on the run and see if they can truly get off the grid. And then they put together mm-hmm. this elite group of trackers, ex-CIA, oh, ex-FBI, ex-Marshals. Wow. Yeah. And they got a, and they and they find it's really cool. But I tell you, when when you take they did it in London, they did it in the UK, I should say. And but when you take the UK, the entire country, you lay, and you take the outline of geographically, it's not a, it's no bigger than it's barely as big as Texas. <laughs> and so we oh, have to, so we have to figure out how. So we have to figure out wow. how in the heck do we do it here in the U.S. You know, Good we already have over 300 million people here. How, how do we find – It's a forget a needle in a haystack. This is like a quarter of a needle in a haystack <laughs> here in the U.S. And so, yeah, uh, exactly. wow. so we have to – so we go to work, and we develop it, and we figure it out, and we have to change it, and we have to make it work. But we keep the core principles of what made the show format work, but then we have oh. to recreate it, re- rebuild it to make it fit for the U.S., Oh, wow. Okay. Now, Chris, kind of finishing up what we do and uh, in the Just Two Choices celebrity segment, Rico believes that uh, life <laughs> is all about cho- about choice. All right, Chris? And yeah. he has asked right. some major celebrities from uh, Roger Staubach to um, Dr. John Gray to Robert Kiyosaki uh, to Rudy about what 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 part of life is choice? So Rico, tell about the little survey we do with celebrities. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, Chris, I I was going through your book here, and a quote from your book, you say um, at the end there that even though I've made this point throughout, make it reality, it bears repeating that the choice is yours to get going towards the destination of your dream. So um, that's kind of the theme here, and and the just two choices outlook is that in every moment there are just two choices. You're gonna take some kind of incremental step, large or small, toward your dream or not. I mean, it's it's a just two, everything's just, right. just two choices situation. And we're mapping all these choices as we take these surveys. And so in a percentage, any, anywhere, we've had everywhere from 100%, 80, 20, 90, 10, 70, 30, all those kind of numbers. What do you feel is a percentage of life is choice? And what percentage of life do you think is circumstance? Is it 100%, 80, 20, 20, 80? It's a great question, man. Honestly, I, and and I would, I do think about that actually. Believe it or not, because I I I, I talk to I, with so many different people who who mm-hmm. are just constantly using circumstances. And sometimes I feel too much as an excuse, but sometimes mm-hmm. there's circumstances that are just they're, they're a reality, right? So, man, if I had to right. guess, I think I would say, man, again, I, and I might I reserve the right to think further and change it later, but. Now I would probably say, I would say, in just think quickly thinking about it, I'd go like seventy thirty seventy thirty choice, or seventy percent is choice. Okay, thirty percent circumstance. Okay, especially okay. especially right. for, for for especially for for, and I'm talking about I would say I would I would characterize it one step further, like for as if you were some a young adult, once you were able for a kid, obviously a percentage would be different, but it would be yeah. obviously way yeah. more circumstance. But once you become a young adult, you know, and and have some wherewithal. I would definitely say seventy thirty. Okay, cool. Interesting. Thank you. So, it's very, very interesting. That's an interesting one for sure, Chris. And last thing, we're going to find out about more information. But Chris, all everyone wants to create this reality television show. They want to have this next Correct. big thing that's going to go on reality TV. You probably get no, millions of pitches me. a year. <laughs> millions of pitches. What makes a great reality show? Something that's different, that's unique. Is that what makes the next big thing, in your opinion? Yeah, absolutely. Well, unique is incredibly important, but the truth is, you know, what, what the parts that you don't escape in, 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 in art storytelling. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at any successful reality show, unscripted show, and, and you look at any successful scripted show, I mean, from Game of Thrones to Survivor, you know, any of those shows, it, it, the, it's a good story. And so for us, in a reality show specifically, a format can be something that, that, that creates great stories. So, for example, you say you're going to take 16 people, stick them in a, in a house with no contact to the outside world for three months and tape and record their every move. That's going to create great story. Now, just plug in, uh, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the contestants. So it's the same. That's really what makes it feel will make a wow. great reality show. If you can create an idea or a format or that can just tell a great story, whether it's comedic, whether it's romantic, or whether it's got high stakes, what is that great story? 
Cool. And I guess you know what that great story is, Chris. So people that want to know how you figure out that great story and your great story, where can we purchase your book and learn more about you and follow you? Where can we go? I appreciate it. You guys can the, the make it reality uh, is 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 all at Amazon, at our bar, all Barnes and Nobles, and where books are sold. And I appreciate you guys' the support uh, on that. And please, uh, you sure. know all our shows. You can visit intimoshine.com to see all our shows. We're we're about to launch Big Brother. Master Chef just premiered, uh, and off to a great start again. Master Chef Junior's coming back. We're very excited about all our shows that are, are coming back. So. Thank you guys very, very much. Well, well thank oh, you, Chris, you, for fitting us in. Appreciate it. It's amazing, Chris. Can, are you on social media? What's your uh, Twitter handle? No, I, I, I'm not, unfortunately. I know. I'm very, I mean, I'm on it, but I'm not on it personally. So, but you, you can, I appreciate that. You can, you, the hashtag that we've been using is hashtag make it reality. I will Got do it. that. I will do that for all the tweets. Okay, sounds good, Chris? Thank all you right, so much, guys. All right. Thank you guys so much, Chris. All right. I'll see you. Okay. Thank you. Right. You're, you're welcome. You're listening to Total Celebrity Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.